Mrs. Terry was a wonderful preschool teacher. She was one of those rare people who could remain calm in the midst of four-year-old chaos. Do you know the type? She was never flapped by anything. She was always kind. She was always pleasant. And all three of my children had Miss Terry for preschool. They idolized her. Whatever Miss Terry said, well, that was the gospel truth, right? And she was a wonderful storyteller. The favorite part of the day for my kids was story time. She would gather the children on a rug, and for about 10 minutes, she would capture their attention. She had stories that were about animals, and these stories always had a bit of a moral or a lesson for the children. She would get them very involved in the story and, and keep their attention for a while, and then she would come to the climax of the story and say, now, boys and girls, what do we learn from this story? And always it was a tale, something about honesty, something about compassion, something about empathy or courage. This wonderful routine just worked fabulously until one of my children had her for a second year, okay? And about three months into the second year, he realized he knew all the stories and he knew all the lessons. And so this came to a head one day when she was right in the middle of her story. And with no warning at all, my precocious little four-year-old just shot up and said, the lesson here is that birds shouldn't lie to each other. Who wants to go to the playground? <laughs> it was the first and only coup Miss Terry ever had in her preschool classroom. But indeed, my son knew the lesson. When the writer of Luke's gospel recorded Jesus' life and ministry, he chose the stories carefully, and each one contained lessons for the church, lessons for you and for me. So as we continue our sermon series, Come to the Table, this morning, I'm anxious to share with you one of the gospel of Luke's best-loved table stories. It's the story of a meal in a home, a home where Jesus visited many times. And it happens as people are getting ready to come to the table and dine with Jesus. I'm convinced that the writer of Luke remembers this story for us to teach us a particular lesson, an important facet of coming to the table with Jesus. So listen to the story. It's one you've heard before. But listen and see if you can discern the lesson for us today. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. 
The word of the Lord. Amen. So now, what do we learn from this story? Hmm. I have to admit to you, for most of my adult life, this table story was explained to me as a lesson about Jesus' radical acceptance of women in the role of discipleship and ministry. Have you heard that before? If so, the story would sound something like this. Once upon a time, there were two sisters. Martha was the older, the holder of traditional feminine and family values. When Jesus came to stay at Martha's house, she knew to stay in the kitchen where proper women belong. Now, Martha had a radical feminist sister named Mary. And when Jesus came to Martha's house, Mary refused to be hidden away in the kitchen. Instead, she boldly sat at Jesus' feet and listened to his teaching. Martha was horrified. Please, Lord, she said, put my sister back in her place. This is embarrassing. But Jesus refused, saying, no, Martha, I will not force her into the stereotypical role of a first century female. <laughs> You'll just have to chill out in the kitchen. Everything will be fine. What do you think? It's a great story, right? But it's not quite the story that Luke's gospel tells. Yes, Jesus readily accepted Mary listening to his teaching, but he also readily accepted Martha's dinner, didn't he? And yes, Jesus went against some of the first century conventions in the way you relate to women and to children. But friends, more is going on in this story. And while the role of women and the second-class treatment of women in ministry remains a conflict and a division in the church, while it also remains a source of frustration and has been in my ministry for 30 years, Jesus and the gospel writers show no such concern. So what is the lesson of this story? Well, some have suggested that this story is actually comparing two opposing views of ministry, two opposing ways of being Christ's disciple. Perhaps you've heard this, Mary's passive style of prayer and study and devotion versus Martha's active serving style of ministry. Have you heard that before? In that case, the story does seem to judge Martha's service as inferior to the quiet piety of her sister Mary. If that were the case, the story goes something like this. Once upon a time, there were two sisters and they were very different. Martha, the oldest, she never sat still. She worked from sunup to sundown. She was always running from one thing to the next. She was in charge of everything. And her sister Mary, well, she had a more calm, settled nature, so much more pleasant and peaceful. In fact, when a young rabbi named Jesus came to their home, he was so impressed with Mary that he allowed her to sit at his feet while he taught. This made Martha lonely and jealous, and eventually, like all anxious, high-strung, task-oriented people, Martha just blew up. And she demanded that Mary be more like her, 
helping in the kitchen. Jesus defended Mary saying, Martha, you are so distracted, you are so troubled. Why in the world would I want Mary to be like you? Mary has chosen wisely. Leave her alone. How about that? It's an interesting story, and I have to tell you, it's the story that's often told by preachers when they want their congregation to get more involved in Bible study and prayer, right? But once again, it is not the story as told in Luke's gospel. This interpretation actually hinges on the words that Jesus says to Martha in verse 42. Go back and look at it later. Those words are best translated, Martha, you are troubled. You have many things pulling at you. That's what the Greek says. While in reality, only one thing matters. Mary made a good, and yes, the Greek word is good, not better. Mary made a good choice, and I won't take it away from her. Jesus never places a priority on Mary's character or Mary's style of discipleship. He defends Mary, but he doesn't denigrate Martha. So you should be wondering, what is the lesson here? Well, wake up and pay attention. This wonderful story at the table in the home of Mary and Martha, it's not about the role of women in the church. It's not about family conflict. It's not a how-to story about being a better, more pious Christian. Friends, those are our problems, those are our concerns, and while important and substantial issues, these interpretations miss the point. Here's the thing, this is first and foremost a table story. We have to remember that. It's a story that teaches us how to come to the feast of God's grace, how to take our place at the table that Jesus sets. This story shows what happens when the kingdom of God comes into an ordinary home like ours, ordinary relationships like ours, an ordinary church like ours, into the everyday struggles and stresses that make up our lives. The most important thing that Jesus says to Martha, the most loving thing Jesus says is, I know you. Martha, I know you're disturbed. I know you're frustrated. I know you're even overwhelmed. You have so much pulling at you. So remember, remember who I am. Remember that the kingdom of God is here. It is in your midst. It is standing in your living room waiting for dinner. Remember and focus because the kingdom of God is all that matters. You can let go of everything else. You can let go of your sister and the choices she makes. You can let go of that image of the perfect home and the perfect meal. You can let go of your concern about what others might think. You can let go of your anxiety, all of it. Seek first the kingdom of God, the presence of God, and everything else will fall into place. I promise. You can count on it. Only one thing really matters. Focus on that. Your sister, she has found her place at the table of grace. So now, dear Martha, come with me. Take your place with me at that same table.
Come to the table, come as you are, come without judgment of others, just come. Focused on Christ and focus on what you are called to do, come. Friends, it asked a lot of Martha. It asked a lot of Mary and the other disciples, and the kingdom of God continues to ask a lot of each of us. It continues to call us to let go. It continues to call us to prioritize and to focus. It continues to demand the best from us, and it demands that we look for the best in one another that we give unselfishly, that we hope unendingly, that we love lavishly, that we put aside our own agendas and desires and focus, really focus on being part of God's agenda and God's desire. That was the lesson that Mary and Martha learned that day, and they learned it well. Because if you know your Bible, you know that in the Gospel of John, at a time in their lives when their brother was sick and then even died, they knew who to call. They called on Jesus. And when Jesus came late, way after the funeral had happened, they still relied on Jesus. They still trusted Jesus. And it was Martha that day who recognized the kingdom of God in front of her when she saw him and declared, you are the Messiah, the Son of God. And friends, she said that before he ever raised her brother from the dead. The Gospel of John also records the last time Jesus was in the home of Mary and Martha. It was only five days before his death. And again, they recognized the kingdom of God in their midst. And Mary poured precious ointment on his feet, preparing him for his burial, participating the only way she knew how in the movement of the kingdom, the movement toward the cross. So boys and girls, brothers and sisters, what does this story teach us? It teaches us that when we pray, thy kingdom come, it actually means something. It teaches us that, when we, that we are not left alone in our distraction or our frustration. It teaches us that each one of us are invited to the table of God's grace and we are urged to take our place. Men and women, older siblings and younger siblings, type A bossy servants and serene quiet prayer warriors Come to the table. Come and take your place. Cooking, <laughs> serving, listening, studying, singing, praying. Take your place. We spent these last four weeks talking about our church and talking about the many ways that your family can connect, can serve, can learn and grow this fall. We have quite literally filled up four shiny cards for you, front and back, okay? With opportunities, with dates, with times, with places, with events. Why? Why do we do such a thing? 
because we believe that everyone has a place here that each of us are called into a unique relationship with Jesus, a relationship not like anyone else's. And that when all of us take our place, doing what we are uniquely called to do for Jesus' sake, when all of us take our place at this table, instead of loitering in those doorways, God's kingdom continues to be built in this place and through this place for the whole world to see. Once upon a time, the kingdom of God came to the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus and to the little village of Bethany near Jerusalem. And they were invited to come to the table of God's grace. They experienced love specific enough to embrace one person at a time and great enough to embrace two very different sisters and all other servants through the centuries. That love spilled over and it transformed the way they lived together. That love taught them to focus their lives on God and God's future. And that love continues to set a table for you and for me, continues to make a place for each of us here. The kingdom of God, my friends, here, in front of us, in this very room, in this very church, won't you take your place at the table? Amen.